one of my biggest things is focusing on working out to celebrate your body. And when you're working out and like lifting heavy weights or um, like getting lower and like, what is it called? Like the plie at the bar, whatever. Like think about those things that like make you like literally they remind you how alive you are as a human being and how amazing is it that your body can do this. And it's, it's sad to think that a calorie burn gets in the way of us being like, holy cow, like I'm alive, I'm standing, I can breathe through the pain at this bar class. Those are painful. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's just sad that we literally put a calorie burn at the top of our priority list when we go into a workout. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you will see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive, the podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Feichels. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're an OG, welcome back. Just as a little introduction for anyone that may be new, my name's Emily, as you heard, and I'm just a 20-year-old trying to figure out life, which is what I feel a lot of us could relate to, you know? Uh, I've had quite the journey, lots of ups and downs and highs and lows, But a big part of my journey has been my past with disordered eating and combating just all the thoughts and habits of diet culture. And part of that has been my journey and my experience with body dysmorphia, body image, and all that not-so-fun stuff. And that's why I'm so excited for today's powerhouse episode with a powerhouse, truly badass guest, Nicole Rausch from the Instagram Nicole M. Rausch. Now, I first, quote-unquote, met, you know, via the internet, uh, good old Instagram, I first met Nicole through my mutual friends, Mal and G. They have both been on the podcast. They are both Austin-based, as is Nicole. And I'll admit, like, I just don't usually follow fitness accounts because in the past, they would always be triggering to me or I'd find myself comparing which is obviously not a good, you know, good thing to happen, but something you have to work through. And anyway, so when I first found Nicole through Mal and G, I was like, eh, I don't know, you know, should I follow a fitness account? But then, but then, I started to read her personal posts and the captions, and I started to watch her stories, and it just became abundantly clear to me that Nicole is not just a fitness account. She is, like, a truly wonderful human being. I just absolutely adore her, and I've just, it's, like, been the best decision ever to follow her. Like, I just truly, truly adore her and admire and just have so much love for her. And yes, she is as friendly and amazing in real life via Zoom as she is on Instagram, so boom, she's the best. And what she's taught me through a lot of her posts and then even through this conversation is that, you know, going back to that original topic I brought up of body image, it's that yes, everyone, anyone, everybody can literally suffer from body image struggles and or body dysmorphia. 
even the fitness gurus and the models and all these people that society can, in asterisks, can put on a pedestal for their body. Even those people struggle too. And once more, you know, that's not a good thing. I'm not trying to say like, oh, that's amazing. But, you know, it's important to remember that the next time you find yourself comparing or feeling bad while scrolling on Instagram or whatever platform you're on, you know, these people that you may be comparing to or feeling triggered by, they may be doing the same exact thing to others. And it's just one big cycle. And this is a tough topic to discuss openly, I feel, because it's just so heartbreaking to realize and think about how many of us struggle with accepting, embracing, or just feeling downright comfortable in our own bodies. But as Nicole and I discuss in this episode, I mean, it's practically been imprinted in our minds to do this, to feel bad about ourselves, to compare ourselves to others, to fall into the Instagram black hole scrolling, you know, mindset. Um, to waste money on endless diets, and to just constantly feel like we are not enough. It's all a cycle that society and diet culture and just the conditioning of our world on us, it's a cycle that we fall into from those things, and it will not, does not, cannot stop until you, you know, you, me, whoever is struggling, does the work to end it. I mean, It seems obvious, but it's just something that I feel needs to be said. Nobody or, you know, no thing, whatever, can make you accept or appreciate or love your body. Episodes like this, conversations like this, it's just to show you that, you know, one, you're not alone in these struggles. Two, it will give you some advice or tips or tricks from Nicole and I on how we navigate those body image struggles. And three, it hopefully inspires you to take some bit of action or work for change if you are struggling with this mindset and this view of yourself. And I mean, we talk about a lot of things in this episode, but my favorite part is the body image talk. And specifically, you'll hear in the beginning, um, the body image talk went in regards to photos and the labeling of quote unquote good and bad photos and how that plays into social media. It's just, it's very fascinating. Um, I didn't know the conversation would go there, but I'm so happy it did. So let us know what part of it resonated with you. And as I mentioned, we discuss a lot. So besides that, we do touch on the fitness side of things because that is a big aspect and part of Nicole's life. And the way that we discussed fitness though and movement in general is just the impact of it on our life. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because, as I've mentioned, Nicole is a content creator and an instructor in the fitness field. She posts quick and effective workouts on her Instagram at Nicole M. Rausch or through F45 South Shore Austin, which is where she works as well. So with her background and knowledge in fitness, we did highlight a few things. So such as how to shift your mindset around fitness and movement, going from kind of that obsessive, I should do this mindset to I want to do this, this feels good mindset. And then Nicole debunks some common fitness myths and trends that may be having a negative impact on your body, on your progress, or just your wellness in general. It's a really fun conversation. Nicole and I just really vibed and just let us know, you know, what did you think of this conversation? Did something resonate? What did you like? What do you maybe disagree with? We're open to it. 
You can connect with us on Instagram. She is on there at Nicole M. Rausch, linked below, and I am on there at Emily Feichels or at Let's Thrive the Podcast. Or no, it's just at Let's Thrive Podcast. Shame on me. Anyway, uh, you can also share this episode or the podcast with friends or family just on Instagram. You can leave a rate and review. Um, Even just listening helps to support the show. I appreciate you all so much, and without further ado, here's Nicole. Well, to jump right into things then, as a fitness instructor and just someone with a, you know, rather large following on Instagram, I just want to dive right into this topic that so many of us struggle with, which is body image. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone's really exempt to it, but I think that when it comes to the fitness field and people in that space, we sometimes forget that, you know, everyone can struggle with it. So what has been like your experience with body image and just being in front of people working out? Uh, and like, what has that been like for you, I suppose? It's been a journey. That's for sure. Um, I guess like kind of bringing it back, like even to high school and college, I've always had what I would classify as body dysmorphia. Like I definitely, definitely don't see myself as as maybe other people would see me or like I'll I'll see a really good picture of myself and be like oh wow I look like that and then I'll see a bad picture of myself and like that will determine like okay wait actually that's what I look like you know so I feel like it's just this weird back and forth of going from like being really confident and then also realizing like okay just because I got one good picture or whatever doesn't doesn't mean that that's what I look like And it's funny that this is your first question that you brought up because literally last week I was just telling Mal and Georgia about this. Last week I was with a group of friends paddleboarding and somebody took a group photo that I wasn't ready for and they sent the photo to the group and I just looked horrible, which like we don't all always look good from all angles, but I had like a small little freak out over this one photo And it basically determined my worth. Like this one snippet of the evening, I could not believe I looked like that. And instead of like looking at all the good photos that I had, it was like that one determined my body image and like what I thought of myself. And so it's just kind of wild that I think it goes for even like comments that we read online. We could have a bunch of good ones. And then it's like the one bad that we like take and like really, really hold on to that. And why is it like that? I don't know. But I would say I have a pretty good bearing of who I am, and that's way beyond what I look like. Um, And I mean, I guess it just kind of like flows into how I feel about myself as a person. And just knowing that who I am does not have to do with what I look like. And that's just kind of, I mean, I guess we'll probably get more into that, but I don't know if I'm even really answering the question well. Oh, that was wonderful. And I think it's interesting, like something that we can just sort of discuss here is even like the idea of we all do this. So I'm just Mm -hmm. saying, because I know I do it too, is the way we even label photos. You know, like we all know that necessarily labeling different foods as good or bad isn't always the best, right? Like you're assigning moral values to food and that can create issues. But I think we also do that with photos. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a fact of the matter, especially if you're a content creator 
where mm-hmm. you're trying to create photos that's going to generate engagement and help to promote your page and grow and everything. And it's just so funny, right? How we, like you said, we can see one quote unquote bad photo and we just forget everything we know to be true about ourselves, which is that, you know, we're a perfectly fine and capable and beautiful human being, regardless of, you know, what angle we're seen at or how we're posed. So it's just interesting how we kind of fall into that mindset of like letting, like I said, the one quote unquote bad photo just determine everything about us. Right. I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I was so hard on myself about it, but I think back into like my, like being on Instagram and just like being open in that space. I think my biggest fear is that I look one way on Instagram and then people meet me in real life and they're like, Oh, she's not as thin as I thought she was. Or like, actually a lot of people will say like, wow, you're a lot taller than I thought you were because you can't really see how tall people are in a photo. And so I think that really messes with me um, along with, I, that's why I always tie it back to body dysmorphia because I feel like I see myself way differently and then it's like another identity of who I am online. And I'd like to think obviously that I'm the same person as that, but I don't know. It's just like a weird complex that I have in my head that I, it's always there. And I hope that, you know, it's obviously a work in progress that I become more confident and not have to worry about that. Oh, a hundred percent. And with especially the Instagram idea. And I think even if you're not a content creator, so to speak, but you're on Instagram for a personal account, you know, you have friends, family, whatever, we're always, for the most part, a lot of us post those better photos of ourselves. And when Mm -hmm. that's all you're seeing on there, like you said, it kind of almost becomes a second, not identity, but almost like a second idea of yourself. And I feel you where I've had the, you know, privilege and honor to go to a lot of, you know, events outside of Instagram, you know, such as expos or travel and Mm -hmm. no joke. One of my biggest, most pettiest fears in those moments is what if like they're surprised by how I look in person? Cause I feel like I I feel like I look different in person than I do online. And it's just, it's so weird. It's a, it's a weird thing that goes on in our brains and our minds. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate where, I mean, it's just, it's really a mind fuck. Like I don't know what better way to explain it of totally. Yeah. Well, even with like, when you're on stories, I, it took me a really long time to get comfortable filming myself talking on stories. And one of the ways that helped was having all these filters. It just makes it easier. You know, you look Mm -hmm. like you have a full face of makeup on whatever. Um, And I'm, I'm like, okay, it's important for me to show up when I don't have a filter on because people are going to think I have perfect skin when in fact I struggle horribly with hormonal acne. And that's actually a good reminder to go on today without a filter, but it's kind of the same idea, but now it's nice because Instagram calls you out. They're like, this is exactly the filter, which I think is good because you're not trying to hide, you know, mm-hmm. you're blatantly using it. So we've all been like, when you're trying to talk on stories for the first time or whatever, it is so much easier to just like slap on a filter. And it's just, it's like another way of, you know, covering yourself up. Like you said, it's, it's much easier And if you need to do that to feel comfortable at first, like fine. But I love how, you know, you, Mal, I know I do it. And there's so many others that are starting to too, where it's like, use the filter for the aesthetics reasons, you know, every now and then throw it on, whatever. But remember to show up sometimes without it and just remind people like this is, 
this is real life too. Like you said, the hormonal acne and I'm the same way. I have all these like little bumps and things and they're just not always easy to see if you have any sort of filter covering it up. So I love that. And I think that's like a whole other reason that body dysmorphia is such an issue is, you know, whether that's photo tune, Photoshop, filters, all of that, because it just creates once more that unrealistic expectation for us. Totally. I know it's sad that we, we sit here and it kind of falls you into a comparison trap because you're comparing yourself to people and things that just aren't even real to begin with. I don't know. That's a whole other rabbit hole, but um, I was kind of looking how you were asking, how do you work through those days or these thoughts? Mm -hmm. And I was just going to tie that in to the fact that like being in the space of Instagram, it's hard not to compare yourself to other people, especially in fitness, um, because you have this idea of fitness and you want to like look the part and like look fit, quote unquote. Um, And that's honestly been a huge part in me learning how to love myself and accept my body for what it is, is not paying attention to what other people look like based on their Instagram. Because if I know that my Instagram is just these snippets, like bless my boyfriend, Alec, he knows how to get the good angles, bless his heart. (laughs) But also like, I know that about myself. So I'm sure that that's what other people are doing, which is totally fine. And that's great. Of course, we want to post, you know, where we look the most flattering. Um, But yeah, I just, I've been really good at like the whole positive self-talk. I've been good at disassociating like my health and fitness with the way that I look. Um, I've been focusing a lot on like how I feel and I feel like that has really helped to shift my mindset to those things versus just like exactly how I look and my insecurities in that. I love that. And what you said about shifting, shifting mindsets, the positive self-talk, but also what you said about how it makes you feel. And I wanted, cause I know you shared the other day about how in the beginning of your, you know, fitness journey back in the like college days, earlier years, Mm -hmm. your idea of fitness and your relationship to it was much different than it is now. So I'm just kind of curious, Mm -hmm. like, what would you say just overall was like that shift that you made of back then, this is how you thought of what fitness and health meant versus what it means to you now, which is kind of what you were saying, like how it makes you feel, I think. Yeah. I think that I just really had no clue like what, like, I think I put fitness and health just in one little term. And I think I had this unrealistic expectation of what it was. And so with that and the lack of understanding, I was just like doing what I thought was best and then overcompensating in other areas. For example, like I, in that post that you're talking about, I talked about how I would barely eat anything in college so that I could save my calories for drinking. And then I would end up like overdoing it and eating so much when I came home drunk from the bar. Like I was like 10 to 15 pounds heavier than I am now. And I, it goes to show my lack of understanding. And I obviously didn't feel good doing that, but I thought like, oh, this is healthy though. Cause I'm not over consuming calories during the daytime. And it was all just a big clusterfuck, honestly, in my mindset of like what I thought health and fitness was, which is interesting because like I grew up very healthy, my quote unquote healthy, I hate that I have to use that term to describe, <laughs> um, but like my mom ran marathons, like my brother and I grew up like spending our Saturday mornings in the little jogger and my mom would run like 20 miles 
So like I had somebody to look up to that was healthy and into fitness and I just think it took me time to figure out what all of that meant for me because then you go from like, okay, I grew up, seeing my mom do that. Then I go to play soccer or volleyball, whatever. I played every single sport under the sun just to try it once. <laughs> and I don't feel like I took anything from that though. Cause I just didn't understand that you should do this to make you feel good instead of because everybody else is doing it or because I want to be skinny or I don't know. I'm kind of losing my train of thought here, oh, but yeah. But what you're saying is basically like that idea of the trend, trend culture, and just doing what yeah. we see around us. And I know Mal and Brian and and I talked about this in their episode where, in those college years, everyone was doing what you just described of that like restricting calories so that yep. you can go out and drink, or just in general restricting calories. Like it's just this culture of what people presume to be healthy as just being weight loss. And the only yes. way to get weight loss is restrictive calories, obsessive cardio, like just mm-hmm. the typical trend diet culture mo- mentalities. And it sounds like, you know, you were right in that same stage. I've had that stage before. And now, like you said, you've sort of found exactly what works for your body. And in that, ironically, you've been able to, you know, like lose the excess weight and inflammation. And the same thing yeah. happened too. Like I don't talk about it, but I definitely had like, weight loss when I found what worked best for my body. And it wasn't the restricting or the obsessive cardio or any of those type of things either. It's crazy to look at that. And because I think that that's like what everybody, well, not everybody, there's a good chunk of people that still think that that's like the way to be Mm in the way to lose weight. But it's just, it was really cool seeing my mindset shift. Like once I graduated, um, I feel like it was maybe like my senior year of college though, that I kind of started to understand that like excessive cardio wasn't the way. And my, I have my boyfriend to thank for like introducing me to weight training and stuff. And after college, it was like, once I stopped drinking and like eating well and weight training, like just doing other things, I was like, wow, I feel really good. Like what, what is this? And I'm like, oh, maybe it's my habits. Maybe it's cause I'm not drinking. 10 beers within one hour and then eating a whole pizza. Like, it, so it's just, I think I had to learn a lot by doing and making mistakes. We all learn from our mistakes, hopefully. And that was, I don't want to call it one big mistake. I, I looked you back learned from and, it. You learned yeah, from it. Like part of me is like, oh, I like cringe thinking about how I treated my body back then. But at the same time, I'm like, I think I needed to go through that to be where I am right now. And that's okay. I used to carry so much shame and how I treated myself. And I'm like, I can't believe I ever let myself look like that. And what's crazy is I was really confident in college when I had the extra weight, you know? So it's just, it's so weird. It's just like such a mind game. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, so two things there, like one, what you just said about how even back then you felt confident Versus Mm -hmm. now how much more, you know, you feel like it just goes to show this idea of one, like you're either never going to be content with how you look if you're struggling with body dysmorphia, which is me. Like just the other day I was having really bad body image, saw a picture of myself from a couple years ago when I was probably at my thinnest. And I remember how I felt in that picture, which I felt horrible about myself, which even then I was, you know, much different looking than I am now, or be like, you're just going to feel confident Um, like if you feel confident from within, then it doesn't really matter what your external factor looks like. 
And then also what you were saying about like those habits. And I think that's so true. Like what we're saying about, you know, like the heavy drinking and pizza, like all these foods, like those things aren't necessarily bad, but what happens is when they become a habit and you're doing it all the time and your body's suffering Mm -hmm. because of it, then that's maybe not the most sustainable lifestyle. And it sounds like what you've done now is found the habits and the really lifestyle that best suits you, which just so happens to be, you know, focusing more on like how your food is fueling your body and what workouts work best for you, which is, you know, having that strength in there and stuff. So I think it does come down to like, what kind of lifestyle do you want to build for yourself? And that best suits like each of our own individual needs and bodies. Yes, a hundred percent. And also I will say I do still have pizza and beer. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't consume so much within such a small amount of time. <laughs> it's no longer the get it all in an hour habit. Um, exactly. No, I love that. And you know, when we're on this topic of lifestyle and habits and just how people can better create like a routine that's, you know, suited to them, I wanted to just maybe debunk some like fitness, you know, health, whatever myths and things that are out there because I think um there's a few that I even still struggle with time and time again and one of those that I had you know sent to you and kind of discussed was this belief that the longer you work out the better and that was something I had for a very long time of like if a workout wasn't over 40 minutes I was like that wasn't intense enough and right you know in the past year since I've started experimenting with new types new variations Uh, And then what I especially love is like the workouts you share, they're not, they're usually what, like 20, 30 minutes, I'd say. Yeah. I don't think I've shared one over 30 minutes in quite some time. So I'm just curious, like, can you give your insight into why like the longer you work out doesn't necessarily mean better? Like why can these shorter workouts be just as efficient? Right. So like, okay, I think about it this way. If I'm going to the gym for an hour, like my energy can, I can only put out so much good and en- or good energy. Oh my gosh. You know, like that powerful, like intensity, like you can only sustain that for so long. And so if you're really going to give, let's say like a nine or a 10 out of 10, do that for 20 minutes instead of literally you could do that for an hour, but you're not, you're not going to make it 60 minutes giving that full intensity. So you might as well just do it all within that 20 minutes and that exertion that you're putting out within that short amount of time is probably going to be the same as like, if you compared the two, you're going to be able to work so much harder and like more efficiently within that 20 to 30 minutes than you would if you were forcing yourself to do it for an hour. Like just think about when you start going for a run. I mean, distance runners, I guess they, you know, can pick up the pace and stuff, but you can't sprint for 60 minutes but you could do sprinting intervals or whatever for 15 to 20, you know? So -hmm. it's just kind of crazy how people have this idea of like, there has to be a time marker. Like my workouts since working out at home, I've been doing these, like even the other day I did a 15 minute workout and I was whooped, but it's all about what you put into the workout. I love what you said that. And I think it also plays into like the mentality around it too, Mm -hmm. because I mean, I, another reason why I love fitness and I'm sure you, I know you've discussed this before is, but also just like the mental work it does on us. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that being able to really push yourself 
for 20, maybe 30 minutes is so much more mentally empowering than doing that for maybe the first 20 minutes of a hour long workout. And then the last 40 minutes, you're just like, I hate this. I'm done. I need to quit. Like that's not a good mindset. That's not an empowering mindset. Like that's not doing your body or your mind any good versus that like focused, empowered, cranking out this 2031. I'm giving it my all. It's like, that's, it's just such a mindset shift. I think between the two as well. Totally. And even if I use like high intensity as an example, but even if you're doing like a yoga flow or just like a lower impact workout, like you can really focus on your mind muscle connection in those 20 to 30 minutes and really mentally give it your all. And maybe that wouldn't last so long for 60. So, and there are people that love the full hour workout, like there's nothing wrong with that but it's so not true that you have to work out for that long to have an effective workout. And I just think that mindset shift is very important. Um, And people are turned away from that. I get messages all the time like, hey, I'm worried about X, Y, and Z because the workout you posted today was only 30 minutes. Like what else should I do? And I'm like, to be honest, like that's all I did. And yes, I probably walk a few times throughout the day because I have a dog and I'm you know, active in my overall lifestyle aside from just my 30 minute workout. But I've emphasized this all all the time to people that if that's all the time that you have, like it's more than enough. A lot of people kind of similar to that time labeling of a workout is this idea of struggling with rest days. And I know this was something for a long time where I just thought rest days were total BS. I'm like, why do I need to rest? I'll, you know, rest later. My body's fine to do this. And it wasn't until I reached burnout and my hormones were completely destroyed, you know, adrenal fatigue, Mm -hmm. everything. Um, Whereas now I just really know how important rest days are and true rest days, not still doing like a 45 minute hot yoga flow and counting that as rest. So could you discuss just like your, you know, advice on this? Like why do rest days actually matter? How to make them actually, you know, actually make an impact and actually rest your body? Totally. So if it kind of actually relates back to the 30 minute workout versus going 60 minutes, like if you're giving your all seven days a week, 365 days a year, you would burn out. Like you physically would not be able to continue exercise at the level that, you know, you would need to progress because your body just can't do that. Your body needs love and rest in order to recover and like if you're growing your muscles like if you're trying to get like really like big muscles and like you're just working out all the time you're going to be sore okay and your muscles are going to need that recovery period to grow and that's even not even with that it's also with like running yoga literally any workout that you could think of like you're not going to be able to continue forward if you don't rest so My thing with rest days is I like to take them like maybe one day in the middle of the week and then one day on the weekend. But let's say you work out Monday, Wednesday and you're sore or sorry, Monday, Tuesday and you're sore on Wednesday. Like don't push yourself to, to continue working out your, that's a sign that your body and your muscles need a break. And it's really cool because our bodies are so intuitive with what we actually need. So your body will tell you, hey, 
I'm sore today, I'm tired. Let's take a rest so that tomorrow we can go in full force and feel good tomorrow. So this is actually a work in progress for me too because I genuinely just love movement. Um, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but moving my body is like a huge mental escape for me. So it's been something that I've had to force myself really to take rest days and to designate, okay, this week we're for sure going to rest on Wednesday and Sunday. And I just really, really try to continue pushing myself to take these days. And I've noticed that when I get back to my workout the next day after a rest day, I feel so good. So I think it's kind of like one of those things where you just need to force yourself to do it and like see how you feel. And you'll, you'll understand like, wow, I can't believe I've been waiting this whole time to finally take a rest day. And you won't lose your progress after a day of resting. <laughs> That's another thing. No, and like you said, I mean, you honestly come back better than before when you actually mm -hmm. let your body rest. And another thing that I'm trying to really okay with is say, you know, like you said, Monday, Tuesday, I work out, I'm sore. Wednesday, I go to do a workout. And within like the first five, 10 minutes, I'm like, no, like, oh, hell no, I cannot do this. Like, I'm yeah. so sore. Just giving myself permission to stop and say, mm -hmm. okay, do I want to walk? Do I just need to not do anything right now? Because I think that's like another mindset that can be tricky is feeling like you're quitting. And I think there's mm -hmm. a difference between, you know, quitting when you know you can do more and then quitting when you actually like, when you actually need that rest and when you need to take that time away from it too. That that's a very, very huge difference too. And, and I think that's honestly like looking back on how I used to be with exercise. I literally was like, I am failing if I take a rest day, like I absolutely can't have any days off. And it's just ridiculous even to look back and think like I was sore all the time and just like the fatigue that I experienced and I wasn't getting out of my workouts what I would if I had just taken the rest day. And it's crazy because your workouts, like if you work out four times a week and you in incorporate those rest days, as an average, those workouts are doing just as much for you as they would if you worked out seven days. Oh, wait, you just cut out. It had just cut out. You were saying it would be just as efficient as doing seven days a week. Okay. Yeah. So I was saying like in this situation, you can work smarter instead of working harder, which obviously you're going to work hard in the gym, but like it, it's just in the long run, you're going to feel better. You're going to have a better outcome. Perfect. Yeah. And I, I think another like last thing I wanted to touch on with the rest days too, is that I think people also need to remember and understand that as you mentioned, like when you take the rest days, your muscles are repairing, your body's healing, like growing. And so if you notice your appetite or your thirst being like extra on those days to just honor that, because I know that was another thing I struggled with is taking a rest day and not understanding why I was so damn hungry. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then like, it's not, you're not doing your body any justice if you're not properly fueling it on those days. Cause it's still working. Like it's still repairing everything and working just as hard. So I think that's like the last thing I wanted to mention too on rest days is that was, that was a big thing I struggled with at least. Yes. So a lot of people will ask me, Hey, like what should my calories be on my rest days? Should I be eating less? 
And I'm like, absolutely not. Like you, your body, if you are hungry, like I was just saying earlier, like our bodies are so smart and they literally will tell us what we need. If you didn't need nutrients, like your body wouldn't say it was hungry. So honor your body and eat just as much, if not more on your rest day, because your body is probably just tired and it needs extra fuel to recover. So hundred percent don't, I know that's like easier said than done, especially when you've had a certain mindset around it for so long, but just know that it's okay to keep eating as normal, if not more. And so like as the last kind of myth thing that I wanted to touch on, and I know we, we discussed this a bit earlier, but with the like idea of excessive cardio, there's the idea, you know, a lot of people have that the more calories burned, the better, you know, and with that, just like the addiction and the obsession that can come to cardio and it can come to other forms of exercise too. But I know for me personally, and a lot of people in the space that I've interviewed before too, there's almost always been some, that correlation to excessive calorie burn through cardio and just being obsessed with like, you know, that sweat and seeing the higher numbers. But when you get into something such as strength training, low impact, um, yoga, like there's just all these other wonderful forms of movement bar. I love doing bar. Um, bar. yes. And you just don't, you don't see that same sometimes intense sweat or the excessive like calories. And it's been big for me to understand that, you know, calories burned just isn't always the best thing. And so I'm curious, like you said, you got into strength training, you love bar. So how has that like mindset shift been for you? Um, going from those excessive cardio days to where you're at now? Yeah. So what's crazy is once I stopped the excessive cardio was like when I was saying I graduated college and like started to get my body back. And I like have, I know like the word like being lean is that's like a whole other thing and it's not really the correct term, but I guess everybody uses the word lean for like, you have a little bit of muscle that shows you're thin, you know, the whole bit that's when I started noticing getting lean was when I stopped doing the excessive cardio and was only weight training and doing bar classes, hot yoga. And I think for me, I needed that experience of actually seeing it. I mean, and not everybody needs to see it, you know, physically looking at themselves, but it was like, okay, this is literally debunking that myth right before my very eyes. And it's just, our bodies need other things besides like excessive cardio. Obviously it's great for your heart. It's great to continue some cardio, but you don't need to be doing it every single time you work out. And I just noticed that you feel stronger. You notice that there's other things that your body needs aside from like being out of breath for 45 minutes straight, you know? And it's appealing because you've got your Apple watch on and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm burning so many calories. Like, this is awesome. But like what you don't realize is that your Apple watch can't record the calories that your muscles are helping your body burn. That's physically impossible, you know? So it's like, keep in mind that like the calorie count on whatever tracker you're using can't track all these other things that are happening in your body. So it's alluring to have that higher calorie count, but just remember that incorporating these other forms of exercise are so good for your body and for your muscles, for your mental health. Like people hate cardio and they make themselves do it. 
So it's like maybe shy away from like the point of your workout being a high calorie burn and really being like, really get in your head with this and think, okay, I'm going to try yoga today. What did that do for me besides burning calories? You know, Mm -hmm. and I think getting into that, like moving your mindset to other reasons why this is good for me is really helpful. I feel like I did that answer the question. It did. It did. And (laughs) what I wanted to say about it too, is just so much of that mindset. And I think Mm -hmm. kind of what we were discussing before about how we can tie our self-worth to body image and how we see ourselves in a photo. I think the same thing goes for those, like you said, alluring high calorie burns where it's like, look at me go, you know, like I can eat all the food out. Like we just, we tie so much value into how many calories we burn when in reality, like that's just not, A, that's not a healthy mindset and B, uh, it's just not reasonable, you know, reasonable, like you said. And I have this whoop band and it doesn't track um, calories burned, but it counts like body strain. And it's kind of like what you were saying where, oh, that's cool. Yes. So instead of me, you know, cause I used to be so excessive with calories and everything, it tracks how much strain my body goes under. So when I do my 20 minute, very impactful strength training, it, it counts that as just as much strain, if not more than when I go on a run. Wow. Yeah. I'll send you That's, the link. I, yeah. You need to. Cause and, I, yeah. I have, I did have a very unhealthy relationship with my watch and I have since, you know, mm-hmm. moved on from that. It took me having to get rid of it and, and all of that. But, and which is why I used to share my calorie burn on my Instagram stories a lot, just to show like workout done, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then I realized like, oh my gosh, people are comparing their calorie burn to mine and people are thinking, oh, I have to burn that amount of calories because that's what she looks like. And to get those goals, like I have to do that. And I was like, this is so unhealthy for other people. I can't believe I've been so insensitive to that, but you don't think of it that way. Exactly. You know, it's just, it's yeah. Well, and I mean, so many people do that, you know, I'm sure you saw people do that in the past and yeah. And it's like, it's wrongly motivating because like you said, we're just comparing and we're thinking like, well, now I have to go out and you know, run that far, burn that many calories. Um, and, mm-hmm. But that's like the wrong sort of motiv- motivation. That's an external motivating factor rather than the internal of this brings me joy. I want to do it. And so, yeah, that's what I really enjoy about this because like you said, I mean, I think people are starting to become more educated on how important, you know, the low impact is strength, anything like that, because like you said, it moves your muscles um, in different ways and it just creates so many other health benefits, you know, regarding metabolism and just how your body functions. And I think that's like a big mindset for anyone struggling with that excessive cardio or just the obsession with calories. I think that's, you know, like the root of it, Mm -hmm. um, focusing on, yeah, more of like how it makes your body feel. And just like you said, noticing what different movements do for different parts, different aspects of your fitness and body too. Totally. And also just consider like one of my biggest things is focusing on working out to celebrate your body. And when you're working out and like lifting heavy weights or um, like getting lower and like, what is it called? Like the plie at the bar, whatever. Like think about those things that like make you 
like literally they remind you how alive you are as a human being and how amazing is it that your body can do this and it's it's sad to think that a calorie burn gets in the way of us being like holy cow like i'm alive i'm standing i can breathe through the pain at this bar class those are painful oh my god yeah. <laughs> but like it's just sad that we literally put a calorie burn at the top of our priority list when we go into a workout. And so that's something that I've just been really trying to emphasize lately is like move your body because you freaking love your body because it makes you feel some sort of positive way, you know, not because you're like, oh gosh, I ate a bag of potato chips yesterday and I need to burn, you know, this many more calories today. It's just, it's such a big mental shift. And once you switch it over to that way, it, you're just, I can guarantee that you'll be so much happier and not you specifically. I just mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you in general. Yeah. No, and yes. I love, like, as you mentioned before too, not only is it celebrating your body, but celebrating your mind too. And you, you know, you mentioned this before. I always talk about it. Like there are some mornings where when my anxiety is really high, I do just need to be still and journal or do something more, you know, calming. And then there are days where I do need to just like move right? And like mm. get grounded in my body and just really work through whatever mental hula hoop, you know, is going on in my mind. So how yeah. has like that been just like present in your own life when it comes to kind of finding that balance between, you know, like moving not only for your body, but for your mind as well? Yeah. So I think I, I'm a runner and I know that when I go out for a run, I set out to really just like sit with myself and my thoughts and I can't really honestly remember when I started doing that but it was kind of like all of a sudden on accident I realized that going for a run was my form of therapy sort of um and I think with that once I went from you know being obsessed with cardio to other forms of exercise I realized how important it was for me to just like have some time to myself and I don't know what it is now about exercise being a way to like also help my mind, but it kind of honestly happened on accident and now I'm losing train of thought again about what your direct question was. You're okay. I guess it was just okay. kind of that, like how has fitness movement in general made an impact on your mental, you know, mental space, mental well being. Okay. Yeah. So I just, I, I was like, okay, if, if running can be my therapy, then like, why can't I look out or look at my other forms of exercise as like a little mental escape and just kind of back to what I was saying about like moving and celebrating my body. It's kind of just like my way of like grounding down and like being like, wow, I'm so thankful that I have my health. I have legs that can move me. I have arms that can move me. Like I just feel like I've become so grateful for this like portion of my life and how good it makes me feel and so that's really why I've gotten into that mindset of like okay this is also a celebration of my mind and not just my body um and yeah so I don't know it's kind of like a hard to pinpoint exactly how I was able to do it but like I said I feel like it kind of just happened on accident and I think it has a lot to do with I've never well back in my younger years I definitely worked out to punish myself but I think as I grew and like 
shifted my mindset just around health and fitness in general, I was lucky to adapt that, you know, at the same time. Yeah. It just grew and evolved with you, you know, yeah. as your life changed, it changed with you and yep. you like a positive note. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been discussing a lot of fitness um, and just movement because that is like a big part of your life. You mm-hmm. train with <laughs> F45 and it's your Instagram, but for anyone listening that just loves you because you're just a very lovable person, I want to just know like a bit more about you as, you know, as Nicole outside of fitness and movement, which I know there's a lot of overlap there, but you were just kind of discussing this on your stories the other day. Like there's so much more to you than just movement and fitness and stuff. So I guess just to kind of, you know, for this ending part of the episode, I just kind of want to know like, I don't know, let's, let's know some like fun facts about you. So what do you do for work besides the you know, movement on IG and with F45, like what else just kind of occupies your life? Yeah. So actually my boyfriend and I work together, which is very fun. Um, When I graduated college, I didn't really know what to do with myself. (laughs) And Alec had moved um, down to Austin, Texas, which is where we live now. And he was working for a startup. I was nannying, like really had no clue what was going to be the next step. And then Alec actually moved back home, where we're both from West Michigan. Um, And he started like a little marketing agency, just kind of out of the blue. And he he was from a small town, so he just kept getting clients word of mouth. And I was like, hey, this seems like kind of fun. And I would like help him with his job. And we just eventually were like, why aren't we doing this together? I think we were so afraid of like people being like, oh, you're going into business with your boyfriend. Is that a good idea? Um, but yeah, we did it. And I think that was what, two and a half years ago. So we've been working together since we do, we call our agency, it's like a boutique marketing agency. Um, and I am the social media director. So Instagram is my job, like not my personal Instagram, but I'm creating content for other people's Instagrams and, um, getting our photographers and with them to get photos that they need. And, all of that stuff. So it's fun. I work from home. I'm used to it. Everybody during COVID is like, oh my gosh, work from home. And I'm like, I'm a pro at it by now. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's fun. We, Alec and I have a very unique relationship. We've been together for five years now and August will be our five year anniversary. And I honestly feel like working together has been so healthy for us because we've gotten really good at communicating because you can't really go into like a business meeting or something when there's like unclear air. So, so yeah, that's a little bit about what I do aside from fitness stuff is marketing. Um, that was your question. What I do for yeah. a living, right? No, that is yeah. so neat. Too. Yeah. I knew, I knew you had mentioned bits of it before and then I was listening to your stories, but that's so neat that you guys can do that. And, you know, I think oftentimes, yeah, people do think, like relationships and business, not a good idea, but it just goes to show like, you know, how unique we all are. And you guys have passed before this, you know, it wasn't like right out of the blue or anything. Yeah. We actually met, um, my summer before my senior year, I was his boss at an internship. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And that's how we met. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we started working together, so it only makes sense. Oh, that is so, yeah, that is like a full circle moment right there. Oh, I love it. Well, what's your, like, what's your favorite part of living in Austin then? Oh my gosh, skipping the winter. 
I am such a warm weather person. Like people complain about hundred degrees and I'm like, yes, bring it on. Like I love the heat. Um, but yeah, Michigan is a beautiful place. I actually grew up with both sets of grandparents living a mile away. All of my cousins went to school with me. Um, so I'm very close with my family and it was really hard to leave that. But in the wintertime, I just get so depressed. I have horrible um, seasonal affective disorder. And in Grand Rapids, which is where I'm from, there will be 60 days in a row of no sun at all. So I was like, all right, let's try something new. And like I had said, Alec had lived here before. So when I would come visit, I was like, this is my city. I feel so, that. Yeah, I know, the winter funny. time was key. Yeah, I was going to say because I live in like small town, same thing you know, my grandpa lives down the road. Other grandpa is, you know, couple, other grandparents were 10 miles away and all yeah. my family is located here, middle of nowhere, beautiful, stunning. But yeah, the winters just like do me in. And I think like a whole other part of it is a, it's just, like you said, it's seasonal effective. Like it just, it happens, but then also mm-hmm. like not being able to be outside and not being able to like move my body as much. And just the lack of like fresh available produce and everything. Like it's just so crazy how it all plays into really affect your mental state. And mm-hmm. um, like, it's real. It, it happens. <laughs> I know every year I'm like, okay, how can we avoid this? And it was crazy because even Alec, he was like, oh, I don't think it's like that bad that we need to move. And I was like, no, trust me. And then we got down here and it was like end of February. And Alec was like, you are a whole different person down here. And normally I'm not one to say that like geographical location should be in charge of your happiness because it absolutely, you need to find it within yourself first. However, it definitely helps. Yeah. I mean, it, it plays a part into it all. I mean, yes, we can find confidence and happiness and everything within us, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of external factors and environmental factors that play into it. And yes. I, I so think that's it. And do you feel like you're, like where you're at right now has been elevated because of like being in such a kind of like central location, like there's community when it comes to doing, you know, things such as the fitness and movement with Instagram and 45, like, do you feel like it's elevated your work experience as well? Yeah, I feel like my energy just really shifted when I came down here and it's a little bit more progressive here. Like I'm from a very conservative area in Michigan and like, if I were to be like outside filming a workout in my sports bra, people would have a heart attack. Oh, same. So it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the lifestyle down here. I was, I feel like I finally like matched my lifestyle with like what was going on around here. And that helped a lot. Plus like the community, every, nobody's like really from Austin that you meet. And I, my boyfriend explains that like, it's the first year of college for everybody. Like you just want to make friends. Nobody's from there. Like, and just everybody's so nice. And yeah, I feel like it really, it really honestly was a big part of me finally getting my foot in the door with fitness training, feeling comfortable filming because I'm like not the only one that's doing it. Whereas I feel like where I was from, it was like unheard of, which is so silly. I shouldn't have let that get in the way, but it definitely made things easier when I moved down here. I mean, it's a real thing. Like I, same thing, very conservative town. And I already get quite a few head turns between like 
my piercings and my tattoos and just like the things I talk about. And yeah, I mean, it's frustrating to know that like, if I want to go out on a run, I like, there's some of my, like, even if I'm not wearing just like a sports bra and shorts, like even some of my like, um, like cutoff tanks, I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like people will think this is on a, you know, like, it's just so crazy how deep these like levels can go. And yeah. I love how you said that. And, you know, like you said, geographically speaking, like you don't have to be anywhere in particular, but I just think it's so neat and important sometimes to really look at how your environment might be affecting you, you know, in terms of what your dream career is or how you're feeling or how you feel like represented even. Uh, So it's always interesting. I love asking people about (laughs) like when they've moved different places like that. I love to see how they're, how they've experienced it. Yeah, no, totally. And it's kind of crazy because all of our clients for work are still in Michigan. (laughs) Um, So, and it's not that we haven't tried to get, you know, clients down here, but a lot of our work comes from word of mouth and just people that we know. And that happens to be a lot of people up north in Michigan. So it's just funny to see how with me personally, things shifted really well and just kind of like connected down here. And that's not to say that you know, our other job hasn't, but it's just funny, the energy shift and what I needed, I think was down here. And I feel like even if I were to move back to Michigan, I'd be able to take that with me. Yes. Yeah. Like once you found it, now you yeah. have it. And yeah. Yeah. It, it was literally like really sad how excited I was to go to the gym here and be able to wear just a sports bra. Cause like gyms in Michigan, it literally says as a rule, like you must have a shirt on. <laughs> And I'm like, this yeah. is so vain, but like, it just feels good to like, I don't know, be able to wear a cute workout outfit and not get in trouble for not wearing a shirt. Oh, a hundred percent. Like when I was in, whenever I'm in New York city or California, when I, I like to do soul cycle when I'm there yes, and, yeah. and like, I walk in and I'm like the only, one of the only women like wearing an actual shirt. And I'm like, it's just so funny. Yeah. Like, like you said, it's, it seems silly, but like, there's literally some of us living in places where that is still like looked down upon, which is so insane. It's funny how empowering it is though. And to to each their own, like maybe it's more empowering for women to work out with their shirt on, but the fact that it's a thing. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? This is for me. Sports (laughs) bra life. There's even a little running group down here called sports bra squad. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, yes, I love that. <laughs> I love it. That's the energy we need. <laughs> yes. Well, where can people find you, learn more about you? You make like the best workouts uh, oh, and you're doing you. so many wonderful things. So where can they find oh, you? Thank you. So I am at Nicole M. Rausch on Instagram. Um, my last name is spelled R-A-U-C-H. So everybody thinks it's Rauch, but it's Rausch. Um, and then I have a blog as well. It's www.nicolerausch.com. Um, but it's in the works of like a rebrand. So I haven't been active on it, but um, just a little plug because I'll be more active on it soon. So yeah, it's where you can find me. You can also check me out on the F45 Instagram. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's been so fun lately doing that. And you've been coming to virtual workouts too, which is awesome. Yeah, I love it. 